0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, a special hello goes out to the director of media for the Boston Growns alumni, Mr. Mark Willand. Nice to
1: see you, Markie. Welcome to the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast, the home of behind-the-scenes interviews, stories, and memories that celebrate the heritage of the great game of hockey. The Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast is hosted by Mark Willand.
0: On the near side, the
1: pooling. Broken up and then taken by Prop, threw into the zone, he's on a breakaway. Look out, short-handed, goal!
0: Three short-handed goals and a hat-trick for Brian Prop. Holy cow, welcome to Flyers Hockey on this Sunday.
1: Episode 24 of the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast features one of hockey's all-time best left wings, Brian Propp, who played 15 NHL seasons with the Philadelphia Flyers, Minnesota North Stars, Boston Bruins, and the Hartford Whalers. After an unbelievable junior career with the Brandon Wheat Kings of the WCHL, Brian was drafted by the Flyers in the first round, 14th overall, in the 1979 NHL draft. He'd go on to score 1,004 points over 1,016 NHL games and rank second in Flyers history in goals with 369 and a second in assists with 480 behind Bobby Clark. In his career, Brian scored 425 goals and had four seasons of 40 or more goals. He played in five NHL All-Star Games and five Stanley Cup Finals. And of course, he played on the star-studded Team Canada squad in the 1987 Canada Cup. Ryan was also a sensational postseason player and holds the NHL's all-time record for points by left wing with 148. In 1999, brian was named to the mastercard canadian junior all-time team which included mario lemieux guy lafleur bobby orr dennis potvan and bernie perrant not bad company brian's gone on to great success in the business world and remains very active with the philadelphia flyers alumni his recovery from a stroke he suffered in 2015 is truly inspirational Easygoing and professional, Brian Propp is the man of the people and a real credit to the Flyers organization. Just a reminder don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Now, let's talk classic hockey with Brian Propp. We're back on the show with five time NHL All Star and one of the great left wings in hockey history. Brian Prop, Brian, thanks so much for being with us today.
0: Hey, thanks, Mark, uh, Thanks. it's nice to have you here.
1: Brian, uh, I saw you during the summer, and I have to tell you, I was probably a little bit ticked off when I did because you and I are about the same age, and you look like you're about 20 years younger, you still got that <laughs> Brian Brian Prop perfect hair, and you you're look like you're in playing shape. What's the secret, my friend?
0: Uh, well I think it is uh you know i i i uh i don't have a lot of uh weight that i ha- carry uh i I still have the same weight when I played hockey and so and I skate twice a week uh in uh, every uh, all all year uh wednesday and Thursday, friday mornings with a group of guys that I know in the morning hockey league and uh so it gives me some exercise there, and you know, I'm also the ambassador for the Flyers, so I go to every home game, and you yeah, know, just stay uh, stay busy. And uh, you know, but it was nice uh, nice to meet you at the Hartford alumni uh, baseball game.
1: Absolutely. Well, whatever you're doing is working, and uh, again, we appreciate you being here today. I, when I first came across Brian Prop, obviously coming from Massachusetts, I didn't see you played junior hockey, and you came in to junior hockey with, with great success as a as a young kid. And you played, so my what I would do is I'd, I would get the hockey news and I'd usually start at the back. And I'd go to the back and you get the Western Canadian news and you would just see these incredible numbers that you, uh, Billy DeLago, uh, Ray Allison were putting up. in that Brandon team, for the three years you were there, Brandon Weekings, one of the great junior teams of all time. Talk a little bit about uh, just, I guess, the chemistry first with uh, your line mates, uh, Bill Dalego and Ray Allison, and how all that came together out in Brandon.
0: Uh, so, like, I, I grew up in Saskatchewan, and so I played for the Melville Millionaires uh, when I was 15. And so I could always tell people that I was a millionaire once. <laughs> and uh, after that, uh, this I got escorted, scorted at uh, at Brandon. And so and then uh, and I met Brad McCrimmon because he played junior in Saskatchewan, uh, about the same age as me. And uh, Ray Allison, I saw him at the camp uh, like the year before. And uh, you know, I still still really good friends with Ray Allison. He lives in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey. I see him all the time. And uh, you know Billy Durlego, uh, he was a great player at that time too. But you know we should be you know get the, get the credit to Dunk McCollum, the coach, mm-hmm. because uh, he was a he played for 15 years in, in the NHL, and he learned how to make us much better and and get us prepared to play pro.
1: I think when I look at that team, one of the interesting things about it is. I think there were like 14 of you guys in your last year that had over 100 penalty minutes. So in addition to all the uh, prolific scoring and defense, I mean, I think you only lost, you personally, in three years there, you know, you maybe, you lost less than 20 games. Um, Oh, yeah. But a real tough bunch of uh, young guys there, too. Can you talk about that?
0: Oh yeah, so like what well, it was, it was nice to have uh, D- Dave Simeker, uh Semanker there <laughs> and a couple of tougher guys, uh, uh Lockridge and uh you know Brad McCormick was was you know he he, he could hold his own and and uh, uh but yeah, we uh you had Glenn Glenn uh Hanlon, who was a goalie and uh but you know we always had tough uh, uh players to, that we could uh, fight on. Uh but uh I think it was uh, it was it was good about uh, like how we came together. We had uh, four good lines and a great power play, and uh, we were talented. and uh, And at that time, it was a 20 year old uh, draft, and right. so it, it it changed a little bit in the, when the NHL merged to an 18 year old uh, draft. Uh, but at that time, you know, it was it was you know, you play a couple more years and get more experience and uh you know, kind of go from there and uh you know but it it was uh it was a tough league and you know but we found a way to play consistently and to you know find out a way to wor- win like like you said we only lost i only lost 5 games the last uh, 73 32 of the of my last year in junior
1: mhm you were putting up numbers like Gretzky-like numbers uh, in junior yourself. And as I recall, at the end of the 1978 season, you, Brad McCrimmon, and I believe Ray Allison, had an opportunity to play in the World Hockey Association, and you declined it, I'm assuming with Birmingham. Uh, can you recall that? Was that? Is that accurate? And did you get a chance to play hey. in the WHA?
0: yeah yeah it was uh you know we 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 both dis- we all decided that hey listen we wanted to to win the memorial kip um and uh so like we decided we we'd uh, hang in for another day uh year and uh you know you know I didn't know that uh, the world hawk association would would fo- fold so it, it didn't help us because uh, there was no bargaining part or part after that but mm-hmm. you know but it's still uh you know you gave us another year to mature. Um, you know we did well, and uh, you know, and you know that from that, you know, I think it, it helped me just to win the all time uh, left wing in, in the Canadian history for the junior leagues.
1: Absolutely, and looking at that team, Brian, I have to ask because now you you lose Bill Derlego, but you uh, get Laurie Boshman now as your center. You guys are better than ever, and you obviously go to the Memorial Cup, come up short, uh, I believe, against Peterborough. You uh, is, is that accurate? And uh, that's, I'm going by memory here. And I, I guess my question is, yeah. how, how in the heck did they ever beat uh, the Brandon Wheat Kings that year?
0: Well, I mean, uh, Peter had a pretty good team, too. And so, like, you know, the, the final game was in Verdun uh, because at that time uh, Montreal was playing against uh, Boston in the finals. And so, like, we had oh. to change the the. Game to Verdin Verdun, oh, and when I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was tied. Uh, we we tied the game a one-one, and we lost in the second overtime. Uh, you know, and you know, Brad McCrimmon, he almost played the whole game, but uh, that was <laughs> uh, he. That's how good he was. Uh, but uh, you know, yeah, it was tough to, to lose that way. Uh, but both goalies played, played really well, and uh, so it could have gone any any way.
1: Brian, the draft that year, you noted the draft change in, in age for 1979 as the four WHA teams came in. And you fell to 13th, which ends up becoming, obviously it impacts the rest of your life because you go to a, an established team, uh, a very solid team with a lot of veteran presence, a very successful team in the Philadelphia Flyers. And I was curious about First of all, when you were drafted by the Flyers, what your first reaction was uh, going to a team like that with Bobby Clark and I think Bill Barber was still there?
0: Oh, yeah, they, a lot of them were. But, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really pay attention to the draft because I was working in the summer. And so, like it, I, I, you know, it's not that like it is today where mm-hmm. you have people. Uh, you Going to the games and trying to get drafted, uh, yeah. But as you said, it was an 18-year-old draft. Like that's where uh, Boschman was picked up, number eight, I think, and 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 Bork was, uh, you know, like nine, and and a couple of the other guys in the in the World Hawk Association got picked up uh, before that because of their experience. But yeah, as you said, it was it was it, it worked out really well for me. Because I, lo- I loved uh, playing with the Philadelphia Flyers, I loved their style, and, uh, and and they, you know, they won a couple cups, and uh, they, you know, they 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 had a good team, and the you know, leadership was there, like Bobby Clark, uh, uh, Bill Barber, uh, Reggie Leach, uh, you know, Bob Kelly, you know, like all these guys that helped me for a couple of years that I was there yet, and uh, but you know, I, you know, I was really quiet uh, when I got drafted. I, you know, I was uh, very naive. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't talk much, uh, but, uh, you know, Bobby Clark, you know, he did all the talking for me. And then <laughs> then after a couple of years, I learned uh, as I matured, you know, just to be in control of my uh, my own playing. And, uh, you know, it took, you know, we went to the finals the first year in uh, 80 and, uh, you know, then I learned from that. And then we lost a couple of years after that for the Rangers. And so I learned a lesson uh, because I had to be much better in the playoffs, uh, in the, especially in the first rounds. And mm-hmm. so, you know, but it, it just took, it took a little time. But as as I learned, I was able to play with great teams. And, you know, and then after a couple of years, like Brad McCrimmon got traded to the Flyers and Ray Allison was playing with us. And so, you know, we kind of uh, re- re- reunited.
1: Going back to that first year, When you combine your last year in Brandon, which had just five losses over the entire season, and now you're on a record-setting winning streak uh, at the beginning of the season in 79-80 with the Flyers, Uh, you didn't lose a lot of hockey games for two years of your career. Uh, I wonder if you were getting used to uh, winning all the time.
0: Well, that's that's the way the way it is. I mean, uh, you 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 really learned how to to win. Uh, you know, especially with good leadership. And, and uh, the Flyers had good 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 teams. Uh, everyone knew their rule, uh, and so and we had tough guys. And so that was made a little easier. Sort of like Boston, like they had some tough guys, and so it was always tough to play against them. But uh, you know, the more you win, the better you you, you find that your team does. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, like I think like t- like today, you know it's a little different because every team is so even and uh, it's it's harder to win and plus the way that they play with uh, the po- the points of uh, tie and overtime mm-hmm. and shootouts you know it can can, can affect the, the way the, 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 and the end of the outcome.
1: Brian, you went to the Stanley Cup Finals an incredible five times in your career. Three times with the Flyers. Now, with the Flyers, of course, you you hit the beginning of the Islander dynasty in a controversial Game Six uh, loss in that that final. And then you hit the prime of the Edmonton Oilers dynasty in '85 and '87. When you look back at those finals appearances, do you have any frustration or regret as you reflect upon it?
0: Uh, I think it was a little tough because Edmonton was so good and uh, we had injuries uh, and, and plus we when we played against the other conference it was a, a lot a lot tougher to get 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 by them mm-hmm. I mean at that time like they they swept almost every season and so like they, they were fresh uh but and Gretzky and uh, the the five of Hall of Famers that were in their prime you know made it tough but you know we still uh did a good job because I think the people in Philadelphia loved that we did the uh, it took it to seven games, and uh you know we we remembered for that uh even though we didn't win you know it was it was tough for, for me to win, but I think you know, as you said, my first year against the islanders, if we uh win in uh, overtime in game six, you know who knows it could be a game seven and we go back to Philadelphia, you know I could have won a Stanley like up there, but you know being there means uh, a lot to me because I was in the playoffs uh, thirteen straight week uh, years in the playoffs and uh, I always uh, competed and uh, so I was really happy with the, the way I played and then uh, you know then with uh, in the 80, 85 and 87 you know we we lost in 5 and then 7 in 80 uh, 87 and, and then and then I then I went to to Boston and went to the finals there and then I went to um, Minnesota and lost uh, in the finals there so but you know it's it, it, it's tough to to win a Stanley Cup but uh, being there uh, meant a lot to me
1: absolutely and you performed extremely well in the postseason uh, in a variety of of those years really uh, right from the beginning of those years uh, you had were involved in five long grinding Stanley Cup runs that came up a little bit short and you know some of them were unlikely Minnesota for example but um, I think, going back to what you were talking about before, you probably learned that the postseason is almost like a season in itself. And those were, were, were tough stretches to stay, I assume, mentally and physically ready game in and game out.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, like it's, it's a long season, but uh, you know, the better players find a way to win. And uh, as I said, like, uh, I learned, uh, like I went to the finals uh, my rookie year, uh, we had the 35 undefeated streak, and so that yeah, I learned from there, you know, how to win. And but the leadership with Bobby Clark was pretty; uh, he's awesome. And so I played with him for five years, and then uh, then he went to the GM. And then uh, so after after a time, like uh, we had other leaders, like and when Brad McCrimmon got uh, traded to, to Philadelphia, and Dave Pullen and Tim Kerr, and and a couple of players like that, and Mark Howe was key to have a uh, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike Mike Howell there. You know, so uh, and a lot of these guys are are still uh, al- uh, alumni from the Whalers too. So uh, nice. yeah, I remind 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 them. I, I get to see them all the time too. Right. Well, don't um, don't remind you know, but, uh,
1: don't remind Whaler fans about Mark Howe. That was that oh was, yeah, <laughs> that was brutal. I was I think I may have been at college at the time, and I heard that trade in 1983, uh, I believe, and I just said to myself, I cannot believe that we just traded Mark Howe from the Hartford Whalers, and you guys never looked back. It was a great uh, pairing there uh, with Mark and Brad McCrimmon, and that was a cornerstone of your your team for some great success going forward.
0: Oh, yeah, without Mark Howe, I mean, it would would have been much tougher. I mean, uh, you know, because he's such a great player and still is. Uh, you know, he he uh, learned how to with his, from his dad how to do, do play really well, consistent. You know, he had had a good shot, but he 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 could skate forever, and you know he, he was. I thought you know I thought that he should have won the, the no the Nor, Norris Norris mm-hmm. a couple times, but you know uh, you know he's in the Hall of Fame now, and uh, you know he's a good great guy and uh you know i love uh, talking with him he's he's got some good stories uh <laughs> as, you know as all of us still do but you know that's the thing you know when we played in the 80s and 90s uh we we had more time to uh you know be with the guys and and stay with longer teams
1: mm-hmm. and
0: uh you know we had 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 more fun playing hockey i think
1: uh, no doubt about it and speaking of having fun in 1987 you're selected to play with perhaps the greatest team ever assembled by Canada in the Canada Cup in 1987. Talent level, mind-boggling. You have an opportunity to play with Gretzky in Lemieux at various times. Uh, talk a little bit about that experience. It had to be pretty incredible for you.
0: Yeah, at that time, uh, it, you know, the, the Russians uh, couldn't be drafted until 1990, and so they had to defect if they, if they played in the NHL. So at that time it was uh, the the Russians like they they kind of geared themselves for like the Olympics and uh, the Canada uh, companies, and so then that year uh, it was great hockey. Uh, We it was a three game series which uh, a lot of people in Canada still remember because uh, every every score was six five, and uh, we ended up winning, uh, you know, in the the final. Uh, But that was that was so great for me because uh, you know after being in uh, three Stanley Cup finals. And to finally see uh, on the winning side with the Canada Cup, you know that meant a lot to me and you know was playing with Gretzky and Lemieux and and Bork and uh, Coffee and you know all these great players and uh, Howard Chuck and you, you, I, I still talk with them all the time you know Howard Chuck usually has a golf tournament in Winnipeg mm-hmm. uh, that I play in the in the summers and uh, you know but uh, it's to keep uh, a, a good group of guys that Still remember when we won because at that year, uh, like you know, the, the three-game series was, uh, you know, pretty awesome. And uh, but to, to win it meant a lot to me. So it was, to, to me, it was like winning a Stanley Cup. And I think, uh, you know, we didn't uh, play in the Olympics at that time, so I was just thinking that uh, winning this Canada Cup uh, meant a lot to me.
1: Absolutely, just watching those games again on YouTube just gives you the goosebumps. the, the, the talent, the skill and uh, the ultimate triumph was pretty incredible. Coach Mike Keenan is somebody who's very, uh, I guess, speaks for himself. Everybody knows Mike's deal. He's he's won a lot. He's uh, been controversial. Some players respond well to him, and some don't. You happen to respond very well to Mike Keenan. Talk a little bit about uh, Mike as a coach and your relationship with him.
0: Yeah, so like, uh, you know, he he was just a, a kind of a rookie uh, coach uh, at the start. He came from uh, college, uh, but you know he he knew what he was doing, and you know we had good teams at that time too. And uh, I, I loved the thought that he wanted to win every game. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, he he could play two or three lines if he if he was down, uh, and and then he and if they were ahead, he would use uh, the third or fourth year lines to check check a little bit more in case they needed to but you know i love that uh, he tried to win every game and you know now i think that the, the they, they think too much the coaching mm-hmm. and they they rotate uh four lines and they say that they're they're tired you know i don't you know i don't i don't i don't agree with that but you know uh, to each their
1: own i was going to ask you to Brian you've you mentioned Brad McCrim a couple of times and for the fans who uh, may not have known him you obviously played junior hockey with him you played with the NHL twice with Philadelphia and with Hartford uh, can you tell us a little bit about what Brad was like as a person and a teammate
0: oh yeah well he was uh, uh he was the same age as me uh, pretty much and we both grew up in, in Saskatchewan so we played uh, in the league where the Malville Millionaires and, and Prince Albert played. So we got to know each other. Uh, at that time, we used to hate each other. And then I went to Brandon, and then we, we loved each other. Uh, but, you know, he was a great leader. He was the captain all the time. Like he, uh, he talked with uh, the coach, Dunk McCollum, all the time. And, uh, you know, and, uh, he gave me a – well, he, owned, he, had a, he, had a, he had a car, so I got some rides from him because <laughs> I I had to walk everywhere. Uh, I didn't I, I didn't own a car until I turned pro, so uh, yeah, I had a bum uh, raw rides. Right? So like mm-hmm. it was nice that uh, I, I lived <laughs> a little close to where the rink was. Yeah, but uh, you know, hanging we hung out together. We we did a lot of things together. Uh, you know, and we and, and in Philadelphia, like uh, Mark Howe was a roommate with me, and I was I was usually in his room all the time. But you know, they had good stories to tell. Uh, we had a lot of fun together, uh, you know, and uh, these guys could tell some stories that uh, <laughs> kill your hair. Kill your hair, hair because, uh, but we, we had so much fun because we won, and, uh, and we knew how to, uh, to be disciplined, and uh, we, we took care of ourselves, and it, we really made a difference. Uh, but having the, the great leadership, like with Mark How and, and Brad, I mean, that it carries on. And uh, Bob Clark, you know, at the start there too, like uh, Gretzky mm-hmm. uh, all these players that have been uh, great leaders like i I learned from them and uh, after a few years i I became uh, a little older and I kind of uh, told taught uh, the other guys like like talkit and zezel and uh, and uh, Mellenby mm-hmm. and Smith you know because they were rookies in in eighty five and so they learned how to win and uh have a good career from there, and and then I, I stay in, in contact contact with uh, Mellenby and uh, Tockett and uh, Bill Lilly and a couple other guys. So you know, I've um, always been in Philadelphia for the, almost four years now, forty years now, and I'm uh, on the board of the Flyers alumni, and I but I know ev- what everybody does. I have all their information, <laughs> their cell numbers, their work, and uh, so you know, it's nice for me to connect with all of
1: them. Well, certainly the Snyder family, uh, Ed in particular, built an organization that uh, was certainly an elite organization for a long time, both on the ice and off. I always admired that organization. And the things you're talking about now kind of echo that where the camaraderie among the guys who played there is very, very strong through today. And I always felt that the Flyers had honored their former players and had a lot of respect for the guys who uh, had built the organization on the ice. And uh, it's nice to hear that you're able to uh, continue that tradition along with the Flyers alumni, which is a great organization. I, as you know, I work with the Boston Bruins alumni, and sure, the we, we notice a lot of... Uh, the, 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 just online even the the flyers alumni uh is, is very consistent in promoting uh that organization as well
0: yeah now we have gritty gritty the <laughs> mascot.
1: <laughs> right that's yeah, right so like,
0: uh, that's, a, that's a new guy that we have. absolutely but, uh, yeah no uh you know it's uh you know our our, our, Fly- our philadelphia flyers like ever since they won the stanley cups they like, a lot of them still live and work in, in the in the cities and and uh and a lot of these players are with the team still, like uh, Brad Marsh is the president of the alumni. He works for the team. Bob Kelly works for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I'm the ambassador with Bernie Prawn and Dave Schultz. And uh, we have other coaches there, and we've got uh, scouts. And, uh, you know, like, unfortunately, Hexdall's out now. But, uh, you know, we'll just we'll find another guy. And, uh, but, you know, it's, uh, it's what, what Snyder built was so nice because everybody had a character, and they knew uh, how, to, how they act. And in Philadelphia, it's sort of like Boston. You know, you've got a lot of alumni in Boston that love mm-hmm. to play hockey and uh, do other things there. And uh, it's like a, a small city, but uh, everyone's proud of it. And in Philadelphia, it's the same way.
1: Brian, speaking of Boston, you end up getting traded for a second round pick. You come to Boston, and you continue your winning ways. When you came here, I believe you were on a line with Craig Janney and Cam Neely, and that team goes yeah. on an excellent run in the playoffs. It's the first time you had been traded. First of all, I was curious uh, uh, how you were. Were you surprised by this? How you were told about it, and your reaction on becoming a Boston Bruin?
0: Yeah, at that year, like uh, the one year, like I, I just got a hit, hurt uh, my hand. I had to, uh, an artery uh, taken out of my hand. And so, like, I, I lost uh, 25 games, mm-hmm. but uh, then, I, then I I got to play right at the end of the season. And so, when I was on a road trip, uh, you know, the Flyers uh, let me knew that I was I got traded. And at that time, you know, Bob Clark uh, was uh, the GM, and uh, and and at that time, I think they were looking to do a little bit things a little different. I think they wanted Jay Snyder to run the team, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and like he was uh he was smart but he, uh, he he lost a couple of veterans and uh you know you can't re- replace uh, the, some of those players but it was good for me to get tra- uh, traded to Boston because at that time Boston was number 1 in the in the league and then Dave Poulin also got traded in January right, right. so I got to know him so we, we we killed penalties together and so we knew what was going on but having Bork and Neely and, and, and dammy was there yeah it was awesome for me to to be a part of that and uh and unfortunately uh we went to the finals and uh, in triple overtime, you know we lost the first game, and sometimes you know that that
1: hurts mm-hmm. you were in the same draft year as Ray Bork, of course you guys played in you played in five all star games and Bork probably played in all of those with you. I was curious about your impression of him when you became a teammate and uh now you're you're with him every day you're practicing every day. Uh, what were your impressions of him now as a uh, teammate of Ray Bork?
0: Yeah, well, it was it. it started from because like uh, he he was a rookie when uh, Brad McCrimmon was a rookie in Boston, mm-hmm. so I, I got to know Brad, and uh, and then uh, from uh, Brad I knew uh, Bork, and you know by playing against him all those years, uh, you know you kind of knew what a good good player he was, and so you hated to play against him because he was so good but at the same time you, you always knew that he was a good leader and uh, so like Boston like uh, you when, like when you're young you you you, lose, you learn a little bit more mm-hmm. and as as you get get older you you, you, you figure it out and so uh, having Bork as the uh, captain and uh, Dave Poulin and, and myself there you know you know it really did make a difference of uh, you know you know we went into the finals and we were expecting to win and they, unfortunately it didn't work but uh, you know, it's still good memories that I have of of him, and you know, uh, and it was. Uh, I wish that we won the cup there because at that, that time it, it might have been my other a nice, nice uh, nicer time for me to to win at that time too, and plus uh, you know I was running out of years. So, uh, <laughs> nice. but uh, you know, and then it took Bork uh, like 22 years to win a cup, but he you know, finally did.
1: Sure did, Brian. I want to take one step back. I forgot to ask you about one thing that was truly one of the worst moments of the 1980s in hockey, I feel. And you took a nasty, for lack of a better term, cheap shot from Chris Chelios in 1989. Uh, Terrible hit, terrible to watch. And my question for you is, you know, you were a tough guy. You battled when you had a battle, you did what you had to do um, all the way throughout your career. You're also a human being, of course. And my, my question is, I'm just asking it from my own perspective. You take a hit like that. How long psychologically, physically, who knows? But psychologically, how long does it take to recover from that, when you're playing with just the same reckless abandon? Does it happen right away? Or is it a process?
0: No, it, it's a process, because uh, you know, I, I, I got knocked out uh, I was, I was cut out for the whole day. And uh, hospital, uh, like, I, I didn't remember what was going on from there. But, you know, I, you know, I, and at that time, you know, I, I had uh, time to heal a little bit better. And so, like, I, I, I still got to play to the, in the final game, uh, that mm-hmm. se- series. And, uh, but, yeah, I, and I still remember, uh, uh, thankfully, you know, the season ended and I had a little more time to heal uh, my brain. And uh, But, you know, I still remember, like, the, the, ne- the next couple of years, like I, I always knew that I had to be in the corners, but I was a little uh, like thinking, thinking that it, you know, something could happen again, and so that that's part of the uh, trip that you have to kind of put, make sure that your brain is uh, thinking the right way, and make sure that you're, you, you have to make sure that you know that uh, you have to, you have to kind of go through it, and so after a couple more years. Then I finally start to feel a little bit more comfortable about getting hit in the head again. Uh, but uh, yeah, it did take me like a couple of years to really, you know, to uh, to think that, hey listen, this, you know, this is something that's in the back of my mind. But mm-hmm. after a time, you train your brain to uh, be positive and to kind of uh, overcome a, a few different things. Uh,
1: very well said. I, you end up with the Minnesota North Stars. Bobby Clark uh, acquires you and you have an absolutely unlikely run to the stanley cup finals that year it was kind of a a tough season for uh, bob gainey's group up there in minnesota he had some pretty good skill obviously you make a trade uh, during the year uh, a big one involving Larry larry murphy going the other way ironically and Talk a little bit about uh, what were your expectations going into the postseason and then you're going, you know, I I can't remember all the series off the top of my head, but uh, obviously you you moved through three different teams to get to the finals. Uh, Was that something that was just a momentum type thing? Could you feel things coming together with the North Stars that year?
0: Uh, well, we had good talent uh, like uh, Broughton and Madonna and Gagne and uh, Ternardi and mm-hmm. and Casey and Bellows. and you know so we had good talent but you know the the thing that I remember is that uh, Bob uh, Bob Smith also came to us and so I think with the two of us we had a good leadership and uh, we, because uh, and then when we got into the into the playoffs we had to make sure that we were ready for them at that time because that year, like, Chicago was number one in the league and uh, St. Louis was number two in the league and Edmonton was in the Stanley Cup Tups and then we went to Pittsburgh. Uh, so, it, you know, as I said, you know, we got ready for the first round and then we won the first game in overtime. Uh, I think I scored it. And so that, that, that really helped us against Chicago because mm-hmm. they were supposed to be the winning the Cup and then, and then we went, played against uh, St. Louis, where uh, you know Bob Gamey uh, did a good job of checking a, a couple of checkers, at, like uh, Brett Hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, but we uh, we had good talent, and we had a great power play, sort of like the Islanders did in in, in the eighty. And uh, and then from there, then we went to the I guess the Oilers, and uh, we beat them. And then. And then we won game number one and in, in the Spangler Cup Finals. And uh, but other than that, you know Pittsburgh, you know after a couple of years, uh, like uh, Lemieux kind of took over the game in game like five mm-hmm. and six. Right. And then uh, you know when you ha- you have great players like that, you know it's like uh, having Gretzky Gretzky like the, the top of the league, and, the, and he'd, been, he'd been around for a few years, and so. You know, he figured out how to to win too. So, unfortunately for me, it didn't work that well. But at least, at least we were there, and we uh, we kind of a uh, uh, note made, made, it up, and then uh, then after a couple of years, they they left uh, Minnesota, and then they went to Dallas, and then then they won in Dallas.
1: Right. Well, meanwhile, you conclude your NHL career as a member of the Hartford Whalers, and yeah. it's a. Special season, you reunite with Brad McCrimmon and uh, a few of the people from the Flyers organization who were in Hartford at the time. But probably the most memorable thing, I guess, for myself from from that year for you is, of course, the incredible circumstance as the season's winding down, you guys go to Philadelphia, and you score two goals to reach 1,000 for your career with your family and everybody in Philadelphia can you talk a little bit about that game how you were feeling and, and just the emotion of a, of a special night like that
0: Oh yeah well, yeah well, it was uh, really special for me because like uh, that I, I knew that the miles for a thousand games and a thousand points was within reach and so like I scored my uh, played my thousandth game and then ten, uh, eight goals later I, I scored my 1,000th point. And so, like, yeah, I, I, as they're both coming together, you know, it was special for me in Philadelphia because I I knew that you know I was, had the family there and a uh, bunch of friends, friends. And so you know, when I scored the first goal and then uh, scored the second one, it, it it was just kind of a, a relief because uh, you know then I I could say that I scored a thousand points and had a thousand games. Uh, and those are my, mild shows that really mean a lot to me. And uh, even though we did get in the playoffs that year. It was special for me, and uh, you know, with with Paul Holmgren uh, at the start of the year there, and with uh, Pierre Maguire helping coach, like he he gave me some more time to be on the power play at the end of the year, which helped me to get some points, and uh, because I think I needed two six twenty six points just to get into the thousand games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that, that was really special, and, and having a Pronger Pronger there as a rookie, you know, nice. that really helped. Uh, Brad McCrimmon really helped the pronger how to learn how to play and work out a little bit more so uh, you know just by having the good leadership like that it 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 helps all the people that are you know going and big, wanting to play in the league again
1: brian uh when your career concludes i'm curious what your thought process is at that point did you have a i know you ended up i think managing a a, a hockey facility right off the bat but yeah. what what were your as your career's winding down you can anticipate that was there an adjustment to not be having the same regimen the same camaraderie the same instant feedback from fifteen thousand people when you did something well uh, did you have a, a, an adjustment psychologically when your career ended or were you just ready to to go and move on to the, the next part of your life
0: yeah so like uh, I ended up by played another year in in France after my after after the after the Hartford game mm-hmm. so like i i played for a year in france which helped me to uh, a, 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 a dust, adjust you know for the you know playing less games but it was a great great time i i enjoyed it uh, immensely and it was, i got to meet a couple other people there and so you know and then it then it just took me a little time because uh, as i built uh, the Medford ice rink you know, I, I went through the whole process of uh, building the rink, uh, mm-hmm. running the rink, and then uh, you know, there for three years. And so, like, I was still in hockey, and and I still did did, did some uh, work with the with the Flyers, like you know, all their charity events and things like that. And then uh, then the Flyers off offered me a job as a color analyst for the Philadelphia Flyers in uh, in 1999. So that after three years at the Medford Ice Rink, you know they. Uh, I didn't think I was good, but, you know, they they they, they changed in the middle of the season, so I didn't have a choice but to mm-hmm. ex- accept, and it took me a couple of years. I was pretty bad at the start, but uh, with uh, Tim Saunders helping me and uh, Bill Clement helping me and Gene Jean, Jean Hart helping me, you know, you, you learn from that and uh, you go from there and then you you, you you it's another career that you have, and so – you know, I'm very fortunate that I was with the Flyers for nine years doing that, and then uh, five years at the Judge Group in Philadelphia, now I'm at the Wolf Commercial Real Estate for those four
1: years. As you, you discussed being at, at Wolf Commercial Real Estate, one thing that I've observed about you is you clearly understand the importance of networking, of giving back, um, of providing value to people in your relationships. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, how you pr- proceed, and what advice you would give to people who maybe just starting their careers or maybe into their careers on the importance of building up a strong network of relationships, like you have?
0: Yeah, so like uh, I think uh, from from playing hockey and we, like after I played, finished in France, like I spent like a couple of years at the Medford ice rink, but I always went to other events, and so for you know for me it was it. It wasn't that much of an uh, adjustment for me because like I was uh, so good at, at business and so like I figured out how to network with the right people, meet the right people, build relationships uh, really well, uh, being in front of other people. And uh, so you know, now like I'm the ambassador for the Philadelphia Flyers uh, every home game and uh, working at Wolf Commercial and so like uh, I, I, you know, I'm you i in the office almost every day and uh, but I love what I'm doing and I, I go to events and I usually take a lot of pictures and send the pictures out to the people. Right. And, uh, but, but that all helps because uh, the more people you meet and uh, having the, the half hockey uh, back, back group that I so supports me, you know, it, it. You know, when I did the radio for uh, nine years, like I know all the alumni from the, the different teams, and I still talk with them. You know, because it's 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 nice for us in Philadelphia and Boston and New York and Pittsburgh and Washington. To, it's really close for us to hang out together, mm-hmm. and we have, we have, we do some celebrity hockey games together, and uh, you know we do golf together. You know, it you you get in front of the other other people all the time, and then you can uh, you can ask for uh, people to help you too. So, I was always really good as a leader, and uh, and I'm still uh, you know, doing a lot of consulting for other other teams and companies, and yeah. But it's uh, it, it's I love it. Like I was just uh, at an event last night for the FBI and police. Mm-hmm. downtown Philadelphia. I, but, you know, so you get to you know uh, the key people there, You know, then you stay out of trouble.
1: <laughs> I don't think you have to worry too much about that, but the lesson there is you were able to leverage what you accomplished in your career and now utilize that notoriety, if you will, and those accomplishments to benefit other people on a daily basis. And that's a great feeling, I'm sure, being able to wake up every day and say to yourself, hey, you're gonna make a difference in somebody's life today. Um, and that's really what, otherwise, I guess everything would have no purpose, and you know, it, it would all be for selfish gain. But for yourself, you've turned that into uh, an opportunity to make the world a better place, which is very admirable.
0: Yes. And uh, so like, yeah, I've been doing a couple of celebrity hockey games, like at Wolf Co- Commercial, like we've done uh, three celebrity hockey games and, and we've raised over a hundred thousand on the two teams, two, 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 two times. And uh, so like that all uh, comes into the uh, charities and we support six different charities that, that we uh, help with uh, the, the celebrity hockey. And, and I do a couple other celebrity hockey games, uh, you know one could be some other charities that i uh, I'm helping and and at Hartford you know like the, the police so they, they had me last mm-hmm. year uh, at the, at their hockey event, which was nice because uh, I got to see a couple of our alumni playing hockey and and then the baseball was fun because a lot of those guys uh, you know I got to see them again and you know i I, I love uh, going back to Hartford.
1: Well, we love having you back. And just as we we, we wrap up, Brian, obviously a few years ago, you suffered a stroke. Um, And I'd be curious to know, and you've obviously battled hard to overcome all the issues related to that. And uh, first of all, when that event happened and you had a chance to process this event, uh, did it change your perspective uh, of your life? Did it did it change you, basically, is what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, a little bit, because it was pretty scary. Uh, you know, in uh, S- September uh, 3rd of uh, 2015, like, I had a massive stroke. Uh, I was then visiting with my uh, family in Annapolis, and uh, so, like... Uh, it just, I wasn't feeling that well the first night, and, I, and then the second night when we were leaving, uh, like I, I fell out of bed, I lost a couple of teeth. And all those years playing hockey, I never lost any teeth, so it was different. <laughs> and uh, and at my right side and and uh, and hand couldn't didn't work, and so I couldn't talk. I couldn't speak for three years, three, uh, three months. The only thing I could say at the start was "and" and "Bernie Pront." So like uh, <laughs> it, it took me a long time with this. Speech therapy, uh, occupational therapy, and physical therapy to get much better. Because uh, uh, you know, I struggled a, a lot because I couldn't I couldn't talk for three months, and then I had to relearn with my brain how to po- pro- process a couple different things. Uh, I still have aphasia, so it means that I still get mixed up with my words here and there. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel like I'm doing you know pretty well. And uh, I'm back to playing hockey twice a week uh, with a group of guys that I know, and I play golf in the in the summer. And now I, I just can't hit the ball as far anymore because <laughs> of my right fingers and and right side doesn't work that well. So like I I can only hit it about 200 yards, but usually pretty straight. Uh, mm-hmm. But I still have fun playing golf and meeting other people. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it it took me a a, a a year and a half to. To get much better but you know i was i i i ended up staying very positive uh i always wanted things to happen a lot quicker uh because uh i always felt uh, better but uh you know it, it just took a long time just to get much better better and you know and and today like i do some speaking with uh, strokes and uh, what it can mean to them and uh, how i struggled for me and uh but you know i you know i've, I've kind of couple different things that have really helped me and uh you know i just uh, i keep looking for other things I, in the brain uh, the brain is powerful
1: mm-hmm. and
0: how it can make the difference of uh you know, how you you act and react and so i did a stealth i did the thing through the nhl program that they had uh, me going to colorado and so like i did a stealth sam uh, treatment uh there and so like I the the way they do that is that they take their blood out of your body and and, and separate it in three different places and then take out the stelcems and then put it back in your body. So I did that in mm-hmm. uh, January of 2017, and uh, from that point on, like I I noticed immediately, my speech was much better. Oh, and, interesting. And, and, and by me being out uh, in the public with all all the time, by me talking more. I feel relaxed and I and I'm, I, I, I feel like I'm doing much better uh, not not getting mixed up but I just have to slow it down every once in a while mm-hmm. uh, if, if, if I'm too fast and but other than that uh, all the things that I've been doing have helped uh, me and uh, the people that I meet you know I, I talk with them and tell them that they not to get this this disheartened dis- 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 mm-hmm. and just to keep working through things and be positive and uh, you know, it makes a whole di- difference.
1: Well, absolutely, you're very admirable and a real inspiration. You know, you remind me a lot of uh, our friend Boston Bruins legend Rick Middleton, both in your career and what you've been able yeah. to do after your career. Very similar, and I really believe that you know Rick deserves Hall of Fame consideration. I believe you do as well. Your numbers speak for themselves. Uh, but in the meantime. Uh, I have really respect what you've done with your career and with your post career, and great seeing you this summer. I hope to see you again next summer. And yeah, I hope to too. I, we uh, really appreciate the time today and your insights. Very, very valuable. And thank you very much, Brian.
0: Yeah, thanks, Mark.
1: All right, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Pro Hockey Alumni Podcast. Be sure to visit us at ProHockeyAlumni.org.